Welcome back to another episode of Rock That Fitness with Anna Rockstar. How are we doing, girl? In this episode today, I'm flying solo. No, I'm not flying low. I'm soaring high. And you can be my co-pilot as we navigate this topic. I'm going to be talking all about my experience this past six weeks of being on workout restrictions. I'm going to explain to you the things I did, how I increased my steps daily, what the scale did, how my body changed, and some deep mindset stuff that I learned that I dealt with. And I hope there's something in here that resonates with you. My goal every time I do any of these episodes is to bring you something that you can take away and apply to your own life or just get some new insight on your own health and your fitness journey. So let's rock this pod. I'm your host, Anna Wilson, certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, and registered nurse. I'm also the founder and very proud coach of Rock That Fitness, the best online women's fitness community ever. If you haven't yet done so, please hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. Rock That Fitness with Anna Rockstar is a podcast that I created for you to bring you fresh insight that will help you improve your own fit lifestyle. Each week, I'm bringing you a thought-provoking show that challenges and inspires you to get out of your comfort zone and live your own best rockstar life through nutrition, fitness, and mindset. So get ready, get set, lace up those shoes, and let's go rock that walk. Hey, 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 girl. Happy 4th of July weekend. Happy 4th of July week. Happy 4th of July month. Happy 4th of July 2023. We're here and guess what this is? Guess what we are marking tomorrow? When this podcast drops, it's going to be Monday, I know. But tomorrow marks one year we are celebrating a whole year. Happy birthday, Rock That Fitness with Anna Rockstar. Happy birthday to us. Thanks, girl. Thank you for your love, your support, your encouragement. Thank you for listening every week. Thank you. We had well over 20,000 downloads. This is a lot to celebrate. And I'm not even over here like comparing. There's no comparison. To me, it's just like, wow, look what we've done. <laughs> Our podcast is growing and we did that. So thank you. Let's celebrate. Let us celebrate. Also want to thank you for your for your reviews, for giving us five stars and giving us actually written reviews. I read those and I really do appreciate that. In fact, I'm going to read a couple right now. They don't always have a name to them. It doesn't matter. I'm thankful. But if you do leave a, re- a review, a review um, please feel free. Put your name in there. I would love to see that your name is there. But here's one. It says, started following this host on TikTok. Was drawn to her wonderful energy. She keeps it real, real crazy too. <laughs> and she preaches consistency. Because of her encouragement, I am now able to track my caloric intake. And I am on my way to seeing amazing results. That is something I was not willing to do before. I love her catchphrases. They are contagious. I've also been on a self-love, self-acceptance journey for the last year, recovering from some lifelong trauma. So she fits perfectly with the message I am vibing with. Thank you, Anna, for being such an inspiration. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's that's truly amazing. I Man, I love these kind of things because it feels like, oh, I'm putting something out that somebody's picking up and they're putting it, they're doing it, they're doing the work and they're getting, they're getting their own results. I, I can't even love this enough. And here's one of our more recent ones. 
from Cindy K. Cindy K. Out of the millions of women who struggle with excess fat, how did I get lucky enough to find this one little group of women led by Anna Wilson and Abby Osborne and a program that is both science-based and sustainable? Rock That Fitness is changing minds and bodies. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. So I want to thank all of you who have been leaving reviews um, and ratings. I, it means so much. It helps us keep on going. Helps me keep on going, that's for sure. Okay, we're over three minutes into this. Am I, am I dragging my feet to start talking about my six weeks <laughs> of being off of or of being on a workout restriction? So let's talk about this. I am going gonna, gonna to explain, first of all, the reason I was on a six-week break from my workouts. And then I'm going to talk about my approach and my plan going into that six weeks. Uh, then I'm going to talk a little bit about like why I had that plan and what my mind was kind of thinking about. And, and then I'm going to talk about what really happened (laughs) because isn't it, it's kind of funny sometimes it's not really funny. Sometimes it's not funny. Sometimes it's funny, but it is just life. It's, it's real life. And I'm always going to keep it real with you, but girl, we can have our best laid plans. (laughs) I'm laughing because I know I'm not alone. I know you get this. You can have your best laid plans and it's all like going to be so great and you're so excited and things are going along and then what? There's always going to be an obstacle. There's obstacles. There's, there's thinking, stinking thinking that creeps in. There's circumstances and lifey things that happen. You know, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to talk about what happened in reality. Um, and I'm going to break it down in some of the different weeks of what happened. And I'm also going to talk about some mindset thing, a mindset issue. It wasn't even an issue, just a thing that I kind of dealt with and was a really big, I guess you could call that a learning experience, but more of an affirming. But yeah, you know, even affirmations can be learning opportunities, like an opportunity, like you just got to recognize it as a, a point, a data point in time, like. Yeah. Okay. I knew that, but like now I know it even more, right? <laughs> Cause you know how it is when you're, when you're learning something and of course every single day there's something new to learn. And sometimes you'll hear something once, um, but you may not have really processed it or you, you really didn't digest it totally or something. Uh, maybe no, I'm, I'm not going to go there. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes it takes a couple of times of hearing something before it really gets processed in the way that is helpful to you. So I kind of had some moments like that during my six weeks and, um, and I kept it real in social media, in my stories and I'm all about that. So, so yeah, let's dive into this. I'm going to definitely get into this. So why, why did I have why? Why the six weeks restrictions um, from my workouts? I think most people know the reason I was on my workout restriction for six weeks. But for anyone, if you are new to to our podcast, basically what, what ha- happened was <laughs> last August, I had a couple of surgical procedures that, um, so one of them was getting breast implants. So I'm just going to stick with that. Okay. Um, and it turns out, and it was my first time getting a breast augmentation. And if you can go back inside of previous episodes, I talk all about, um, that experience of getting plastic surgery. Um, and so I healed what I thought I was healing well. And apparently I was not because over the several months that went by, 
um, it was becoming more and more apparent that the implants were not dropping. Like they're supposed to drop into a, you know, what normal position. And they, they kind of did, but not really. And I also developed a capsular contracture on the left side. So that was not really in any reason. There was nothing that I did to cause that. And studies, you, there's no studies to back that up, that there's something that I did. It's usually, yeah, we don't even need to get into that. But anyway, it happened. It does happen to some people and it's not fully, completely understood, but I had to go and have them redone. So yeah, I got the girls redone. Things are looking well, but I did have a workout restriction. Six weeks of no working out. Like, you're not going to get your heart rate elevated and get your circulation up to the point where you could possibly have excess swelling and those kind of things. That's kind of the reason and everything. So like even just to be extra precautionary because this was the second time we like really want to make sure everything is good. So no workouts for six weeks. And so anyway, I went into the six weeks thinking good thoughts. I had lots of happy thoughts. First of all, glad that it was over with, had the surgery over with. It was behind me because it was a long time coming at the time. I was uncomfortable and things were not so great. Um, So I was very optimistic. As you know, if you follow me in social media, I'm like, oh, you know, things happen. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not salty about it at all. It's fine. I mean, things happen. Life happens. You can't control everything, but you can control your attitude. So my attitude was pretty good. And I'm going into this six weeks going, well, you know, after the first couple of days, then I can get back to walking, getting steps in. And at least there's that, right? So that was my plan. My plan was to walk, to get steps in and get more steps than usual because it was the only way I could get activity in. Also, when it came to calories, I knew that because my intensity level of exercise and the things that I normally do on my routine was going to be cut back so much that I needed to cut back on my calories as well. Now, I didn't need to severely cut, and I definitely not did not severely cut my calories back, but I became mindful. So there's, there's three things I did. This was my plan. My plan was I am going to, I mean, I'm going to get my steps in every day, at least 10,000 steps, which I'm going to tell you how many steps I actually got. But my goal was 10,000 steps a day, which many of you carried, carried, you know, y'all came along with me for the whole month of June on this Step June Challenge. So I kind of, it was a little bit on the selfish side, but everybody wanted to do the Step Challenge. It's always a very popular challenge. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you, everybody who joined me on the Step Challenge. You have no idea. You've been such a support. You were walking alongside me during that time. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um. So yeah, to get my steps every day, to monitor and track my calories in, I I mean, I cut them back, but I was also watching the scale every day because I wanted to make sure that, you know, things were kind of going to be even balanced out. And I was also making sure that even though I cut down my calories, that I was still getting optimal amount of protein because I wanted to maintain as much muscle mass as I could. I mean, especially since I wasn't strength training, I needed to give the muscles that I already have plenty of nutrients to main, to be maintained as best as possible. So that was my, that was my plan going in here because I knew this my plan was right. I mean, I can increase my, my activity level, but you know, so taking care of my diet and my exercise slash activity, but that you know, diet is, is very important. You, you know this. 
And so is exercise and activity. But when it comes to exercise and activity, nothing can replace strength training, which, which helps us maintain our muscle mass, have maintenance of our muscle mass, right? So I don't know about you, but I ask questions, lots of questions, you know, how come? <laughs> Why? And I like to ask this question. I was asking this question during the like, I wonder how much muscle mass I will lose, how much strength I will lose over a period of time, you know? I mean, did you think of that? Yeah. So there is some evidence-based studies that talk about this, but it's going to be very individual. Every person, depending on your background, right, your your own, you know, genetics, your gender, your training, how much training, your history of training, and your physical condition, all, all these things are going to vary, but depending. But on average, um, it is said that muscle mass, the size of your muscles, will decrease on average, one to two percent per week. So yeah, whatever that means, right? And strength loss. So strength loss is even faster than muscle loss. So the strength of your muscles goes down faster than the size of your muscles. Muscles. There's a significant decrease and studies show that it's an average of 20 to 25% over a period of four weeks. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. It just goes to prove, right, that consistency with your strength training is key for muscle maintenance. Like seriously. So what about regaining? Basically, basically regaining muscle strength and size takes even longer. You can lose it slower, but you it takes longer to get it back. Although there is a phenomenon called muscle memory. Yes, it is a thing. Go Google it, go research it. And it's true. So those people who have a history of strength training, getting back to the gym and beginning their strength training, once again, their muscles will have a memory. They remember and they're going to come back sooner than somebody who doesn't have um, a history of strength training. So now I want to talk about how it really went. How did my six weeks go? I'm going to start off by saying in the first at the first week, right, I told you, I was like, I'm happy, I can handle this, my mindset's good, my attitude is good, which pretty much I would say, for the most part over the past six weeks, it's been pretty good. I'm not gonna, I mean, I'm human, I'm not perfect, but I think overall, not bad. Um, but I'll tell you, in the beginning, like especially the first week, I had a lot of difficulty sleeping. I mean, for one, right, I'm physically trying to recover from the actual surgery. That's one, very uncomfortable and then the fact that my body is so used to activity, intense activity. I mean, my usual, my routine, my regular routine is three days a week of strength training. I do lower body, full body, upper body, and two days of cardio, not intense. I just take it easy, zone two, zone three stuff. Um, and then I like to cycle on the weekends, a long ride. So cardio three days a week, strength training three days a week, man. And then all of a sudden, like screeching halt, my body is like raw humming, right? I was like a bomb ready to explode after a few days after a week. It was really hard to sleep at night. Um, then, you know, my body started to get used to it because I was walking every day for sure. I was getting my walks, my, my daily steps in every day. And I think by week two, almost week three, my, my brain, my body kind of went into like, okay, we're doing all right. Like it's like physically I adjusted to 
the extra steps rather than my usual routine. So when I actually went to go back and look at my steps, because my step count is not something, girl, it's just not something I look at. I'm not just, I'm not a, I'm not super hyper-focused on step count for myself. I know I'm getting plenty of activity. I know that my usual routine is doing its job, right? I look at myself. I feel good. I feel great. I'm happy. I'm not counting my steps. But I did over the past six weeks, obviously I was counting my steps. But the one thing I did discover over now, looking back, I went and I'm like, I'm going to see you because I want to, I want to tell you. I wanted to tell you what the outcome was. What was the difference? Well, Usually, I looked at my average before the surgery, before my restriction, and my average, my daily average was 11,000. Now, that's an average. That doesn't mean like I'm doing, you know, a lot of steps every day. It just was my average over, you know, weekly average was 11,000 steps a day. And then over the past six weeks, I averaged 17,000 steps every day. That's an, That was an average, again. So it's it's cool. It's kind of cool to, to look at that. Um so what happened in the calorie department and tracking, tracking my food? So what happened? My mindset was strong. I was doing great. Um, and I did track my food over the six, well, not the entire six weeks. What happened was I did it for about four to four and a half weeks. And why did I slack off after that? I'm not going to really say I slacked off. I didn't slack off. I just kind of had it figured out by then. I was like, oh, Okay. Um, I've managed to maintain. So kind of I had, was counting my calories, tracking pretty diligently every day, weighing myself every day. And I noticed that I was hovering um, somewhere around four pounds difference, to give or take. And I was just kind of right there. I didn't need to keep tracking my food because I pretty much, when you kind of eat the same foods regularly, daily, weekly, you know what you're eating. I, it's not very different. So there's really at this point not a need for me to keep on tracking my calories. I knew. So about four to four and a half weeks in, I stopped counting my calories because I noticed that I was maintaining my weight. Um, so even though, so I'm going to get into this, but even though I was maintaining my weight, that doesn't mean that my body composition was staying the same. And I'll get into that in just a few minutes. So now I want to talk about what happened, what happened around week four or week three. I don't know. But I had this little mm, run-in, little thing going on where I was starting to partake in alcohol a little more frequently than I usually do. So now let me just back this up. I'm going to say, you know, there, there, I don't think there's anything wrong, inherently wrong with having a drink of alcohol, having a beverage, an adult beverage of some kind that you enjoy from time to time. If you're drinking in moderation, I don't think like that's up to you. That is your choice. I'm not here to judge anybody. But what I learned for myself, and this is, I don't even know how, I don't even know from what angle I'm going to take this, but I will say this. Let me give you a little history about myself when it comes to alcohol. If you don't know me, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> and some of you already know, girl, I know you know me. I know you know I've taken breaks. But my history with alcohol, which is a drug, and that has been very much confirmed, affirmed for me. Um, in culture, right? Culture, they just call it alcohol, but you and I know that alcohol is an actual drug and it is addictive. So that's just a side note. I know. Um, yeah, I grew up with alcohol. Alcohol has always been a part of 
my life since I was a baby. In fact, I was just telling Ron, my country boy, the other day, I was like, you're, do you know that my earliest, my earliest exposure or introduction, I should say, to alcohol was in my first year, my first year of life. Yeah. Mi abuela and mi mama, they gave me like, I don't know, I'm drinking, what do they call it? Oh, oh, cognac. What the heck is cognac anyway? My mom told me because I'm seeing a picture of them giving me little sips of cognac. (laughs) Okay, look, alcohol's always been in my life. And growing up with a Spanish mom, there's always going to be vino y cerveza. That's wine and beer y pan. So pan y vino. You're going to have bread, you're going to have wine because that's what we do. And we cook with wine. And I know that funny little joke, like, and sometimes the wine ends up in the food. It's true. I grew up with that. I was sipping alcohol as a kid. It was not off limits. I didn't drink a whole glass, like from time to time, maybe a special occasion, my mom might let me have a little half a glass of something made me feel like all grown up. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that alcohol has always been a part of my life. And um, every occasion, every party, every holiday, it's just been around. It's the thing. It's not, it's normal. Like it's just been normal in my life. And I've just been able to be a moderate drinker. I've been able to drink moderately. However, (laughs) that's not to say I haven't had some phases sometimes in my life when I was a young adult, uh, when I was young and dumb and I did some dumb things. And yes, some overconsumption of alcohol was involved for periods of time. And even in my adult life, there have been periods of time where Um, if given the circumstances that were very stressful, what have you, yes, there were overindulgences. I'm here to be real girl. I'm always going to be real with you. So I'm completely not anyone to pass any judgment about alcohol or any addictive substance. So just wanted to give you kind of like a, a background. And since my new healthy fit lifestyle, Um, since, I don't know, you know, since I've been a personal trainer, since I've been an online coach, since even before, like when I'm, you know, my, my own, I'm tripping over my words. (laughs) Even when I was going through my health and fitness journey, when I was losing fat, when I was on my weight loss journey, I was careful with alcohol. I was moderating even more. I was cutting way back because I didn't need the extra calories, all of that. Right. So ever since in, you know, embarking on my new health and fitness lifestyle, I have definitely cut way back on alcohol in my life and pretty much would call myself a moderate drinker. You know, I drink socially or I'll have a drink here and there whenever I feel like it. It's not something that controls my life. I don't have a problem or an unhealthy relationship with alcohol, that kind of thing. Right. And I've taken many breaks. Like if I feel like, oh, you know what? I'm kind of drinking a little more alcohol than I'm happy with or that I'm comfortable with. So let's take a break, Anna, you know, a little self-talk here. Let's do a couple weeks, no alcohol, uh, or maybe a month. Um, my last break was a year and a half. I had took a whole year and a half break. You probably know this. And that was a very, very interesting time. I, uh, I'm not going to go into it, but you can, I think I have a, I think I have a podcast episode about that. I think I do. Um, well, the point, the point is I've taken breaks and not, I don't have a problem taking a break. So it's just been a moderate thing for me. 
And um, I've also been just very mindful of when I'm going to drink alcohol, what events I'm going to choose to have alcohol or not, depending on the situation, depending on the people, depending on the event. Always just a lot of mindfulness going on with that. Very mindful of it. But here's the thing. It is a drug, right? And so what what was going on for me over like when I got into like week four and a half, five, having a drink, um, you know, one beer or two beers. Okay, fine. No big deal. And maybe I would go another day or two without having a drink or then I was like, oh, let's have some wine. Um, but here's what I was finding is like, instead of having a drink once or twice a week, it was becoming more like four or five times a week. Now, let me just say, just for the, I'm not saying like I was overdoing it, I was getting drunk. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying was m- the drinking of the alcohol became more frequent and it is a drug. And I started to, I would say, oh, I, it just became more on my mind. I'm like, my brain was thinking like, hmm, am I going to have a drink tonight? Of course, why and why was I thinking about it so much? Well, because as a as a health and fitness professional, I'm always going to be thinking about the things that I'm eating and drinking and how it's going to impact my health, my fitness, my sleep, my body, my mindset. All of those things go through my mind whenever I'm going to decide, hmm, you know, I think I'm going to have a beard night. Well, here's what was going on after that fourth week when things were getting really tough alcohol is a drug and it was it was kind of taking hold on my brain why because the drug of choice for me really is my my exercise routine my strength training my cardio that is the drug of choice for me but since that wasn't an option (laughs) I didn't realize it but alcohol crept in this drug alcohol was creeping in and here's what would happen I would be like okay I'm gonna have a beer with whatever I'm, I'm out here grilling, I'm gonna have a beer too. And so the next day I'd be like, I'm not gonna have any beers today because I had, I had beers yesterday or whatever. And then, um, the next day, so the next day I'd be like, okay, well, three, the day goes by. Am I gonna have another one? Okay. Yeah. You know what? I didn't have any alcohol yesterday, so it's okay today. (laughs) All right. And then two days would go by three days. And then I'm like, I think I want to have a drink. But what was happening was my frequency, the time between drinks was becoming shorter and shorter. And then I would have like one day on, one day off, one day on, one day off. And I want to make this very, very clear. You know me, I care about my health. And I care about the, I mean, alcohol, consuming alcohol, that's extra calories. I knew I didn't need it. So it wasn't a matter of like, am I, it wasn't me getting intoxicated. It was me just having the beverage, having that drink. Yes, there's a dopamine hit in there. And that was my brain was craving it. So I got, I got serious about this. I was like, Oh, this is something I started to really lean into what was going on. I always do this because our brains are fascinating. If you become more aware of what your brain is doing, you will, you're going to be like so fascinated by the things that you really do have control over once you're aware of them. So yeah, this became something I'm like, I'm talking to country boy about it. I'm talking about clo- I'm talking to my close friends. I'm like, you know, people, you don't have a problem. No, I don't, but it's occupying my mind. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to take a break. <laughs> 
I don't like if something's occupying my time, my mind, taking up too much real estate in my brain, then let's take a break. So um, even before this six week, I started listening again to the book that I've mentioned before called This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. It's a great book. Um, she is also the author and developer of the 30 Day Alcohol Experiment, which is great. And um, so yeah, I had already started listening to it again because I, st- I want to remember what I had learned because like, I don't know about you, but I'll listen to a book more than once because as I said, sometimes you need to hear something more than once and I'm like, what am I forgetting, you know? <laughs> so I had listened to it again and then I just automatically, when I realized, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm definitely not going to pick up another drink right now because I don't like how it's affecting my mind and making me want it. I was getting a little like kind of like holy anger. That's what I call it. When I feeling when I'm feeling rebellious against something like that's not good. I I call that like my holy anger. (laughs) I'm like, oh no, I don't like this taking control of my mind like that. So yeah, I started taking a break and I'm on a break now. In fact, I'm doing this. I've never done this before. It's called the 30 day, the 30 day alcohol. I think it's called 30 day alcohol experiment. I'm not really sure what it's called, but um, I am doing it. I don't know what day I'm on, but if alcohol is something, I'm just going to put that little plug in here for you, for your health, your fitness, for your mental health, your emotional state. If you feel like alcohol is taking up a lot of, I don't know, mental real estate for you, um, or it's becoming what you feel like, a problem in your life, whatever, you know, I don't need to get into the details. Anyway, if it's something for you that you feel like you want to take a break, I do recommend that book by Annie Grace, um, This Naked Mind, and also The Alcohol Experiment. And how about, it's not too late, we're in July, but you can have a dry July. I know it's July 3rd if you're listening to it today, the day that this episode drops, but I'm doing dry July, so let's do dry July and just think of all the calories we're going to save in July. All right, so... Um, yeah. So the point of this really is that it's science and it, and here's the thing. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. It isn't my fault that, um, alcohol is having this programmed effect on my brain. It affects everybody. Yes. A little differently, but the science is the same. The chemistry is the same in the brain. Um, alcohol is a dopamine. It's going to hit you. It's going to release dopamine, which is, you know, going to hit those pleasure centers in your brain. It's going to feel good. And then what happens? You start to want it again, all that kind of, it's just, this just a drug. Anything can become a drug. If it gives you that dopamine hit, your brain wants it again. And, and like I said, you know, it's not, it's not bad or good. It's something that each person has to determine for themselves what they want to do. So I was experienced, I was experiencing the cravings. I didn't like that. (laughs) Girl, I'm like, I want a new drug. One that won't make me sick. One that won't make me crash my car. I'll make me feel three feet thick. What in the world? Three feet thick? Okay. (laughs) I might be feeling like three feet thicker. Yeah. Anyways, um, it's worth, it's worth talking about, you know, as if you want to be thinking about your health, your fitness, your nutrition, all that kind of stuff, just keep in mind that when we decide to partake in alcohol, our decision making is decreased, which I noticed that after having one drink, I'm like, I'm just going to keep eating, you know, and um, I was going to have just one, but you know, now I'm going to have two. Well, you know, my, my, you know, your, it dulls your senses, it dulls your signals, your signals, it dulls your signals. So like, so your normal, um, 
neurotransmitters, signals to your brain that your body is either full or that you're hungry. It, it dulls those signals. So your body's not listening. You're going to probably eat more calories than you than you would have planned to eat if you hadn't partaken in the alcohol. So, I mean, just to be wise about partaking in it. And um, my last alcohol break was about, um, I reintroduced it back into my life um, about six months ago. So, um, you know, introduced it back in moderately. So I'll be honest, I'm always going to be honest, always going to be keeping it real. Um, I'm in the process of rethinking alcohol um, in my life, but you know, I'm on a break and yeah, because alcohol is a drug. It is toxic and it's interesting that it's the only drug that is widely acceptable so if you're not drinking alcohol, this is fascinating to me because we've all, I feel like we've all been brainwashed. Like if you don't drink, if you don't have an alcoholic drink, most people are going to think something's wrong with you or why aren't you having alcohol? Nobody would ask you that if you turned down a, like an illegal drug, right? But it is poisonous and it really does, it, it does um, impact, have a negative impact on our body in a lot of different ways. And yes, it can hold back your fat loss, your weight loss. Can you still have alcohol while you're trying to lose weight? Yes, you can. Is it the best thing to do for your body? No, it's not. Um, and we're not going to get into that. But there's really nothing, nothing good about it. And every time I think about something that's good about it, um, I can always think about like the opposite. <laughs> like for example, well, it tastes good. Well, there's a lot of things that taste good, Anna, so, you know? Um, and so quite honestly, I'm, I, when I think about total cessation, when I think about completely, you know, stopping drinking alcohol, it's a weird concept for me because as I said, it's always been in my life. So it's kind of like scary, like what? Can, you know, never have a drink in my life again? Because you know how I feel about this. You know, how I feel about all or nothing. Like, because, right, everything in moderation is all right, right? I don't know. So I'm reevaluating this, you know, that's all. So dry July for me, um, and I'm curious. So reach out to me in social media in a message, message me if that's something that you're doing in July. I'd like to know who else is doing dry July. Um, so yeah, and yeah, there's like a fear of even saying that out loud to everybody because, oh my goodness, good God forbid they see me again in the future having, um, you know, a glass of wine or a beer. Yeah, but I'm not afraid because you know what? Our health and fitness journey is not linear. Our journey is not linear. We're constantly learning. We're growing. We change. We make decisions. We we change decisions. I'm human. I have the right to decide what and when for myself. So this is just where I'm at today on my journey. I'm really, really reevaluating the things. Um, and I'm excited about it because I have already, like, I haven't had any alcohol. Today is like day eight when I'm recording this. And I'm, I already feel differently, like not just physically. And it's not even that I drink that much. It's crazy. It really has a chemical, it does some chemistry changing to your brain. Anyways, moving on, I'm going to wrap up this, this episode. But what did I learn over this past six weeks that is the big overriding picture for me? Um, that I love getting my strength training in because I love the, I love the results, what I get out of my strength training. I maintain my muscle mass. I'm maintaining my bone density, my joint, my strong joints. Um, having that muscle mass on my body is helping my metabolism stay 
increase like up because just having muscle on your body requires energy and muscles are going to burn more energy so if you have the more muscle mass you have on your body the more energy your body burns just at rest isn't that exciting it's great but the cool thing that I think over the past six weeks the thing that I love is that I was still able to somewhat manage my energy output versus my energy input And how I did that was by increasing my steps. So instead of getting my regular strength training and my cardio and getting about 11,000 steps total average, you know, now I wasn't doing those things right. Um, I was doing about 17,000 steps a day. That was the energy expenditure. Now there's a compromise there. I am still, I was still expending the energy I needed so that I was maintaining my weight but you know, there's a difference between being, you know, 150 pounds lean and 150 pounds um, with excess fat. There's a huge difference. There is a big difference in that body and that body um, composition. So what happened, what ha- happened to me <laughs> in the six weeks, my body changed. And I know you might see me and think, no, you look about the same. No, no, not really. Because <laughs> I didn't show you because... But my butt, my butt is bigger and I am more curvy. (laughs) Now, country boy doesn't even have a problem with it because he actually likes the curves and that's fine. And some people like that. Um, And you know, I'm all about what is the healthy, what's healthy for you. That's what really matters, right? And I'm going to get really like just basically what I like to say is get clinical about it. Like it is matter of fact, this is my body. Um, It is the body that I was given. Your body is the body that you were given. It is the most amazing gift that you received on your birthday. So instead of looking at our body in the mirror and, and associating ourselves with our body, I think there needs to be kind of a disassociation with it. Sort of like, wow, this is my body. This is my transportation. This is my vehicle for life. I want to take really great care of it. So I want to live, I want to have the most healthy, optimal, fit body that I can have for myself. And you have to determine for yourself what you want for your body. So yeah, you can look at my body and go, yeah, I am healthy. I am fit, but I do really prefer to be strength training daily because, or not daily, but you know, in my routine, because I really love being strong. I really love the mobility part of things, the stability part of things. And yes, I like that my metabolism is staying high, even though, um, you know, I'm going through whatever you want to call it, perimenopause, menopause, who knows what, it doesn't really matter. But yes, there's there's an impact on our hormones as we're aging. And I am combating that with strength training. No, you don't combat that with walking every day and cardio every day. It doesn't. You got to be strength training. So, so yeah, that's what happened. So looking in the mirror now and I'm going, hmm, okay, we're kind of a little bit wider um, in the hips and the bootay and nothing wrong with that. Like I am not having like negative body image here. I'm fine with it for now, uh, for now. <laughs> I mean, I could live like this. It's fine. But I am so excited to be back, going to the gym, strength training, um, and getting my cardio in because I love it. I love that part of it too, just for heart and health, cardiovascular health. Um, but I don't, I don't like six weeks 
without strength training. That's what I've learned. What I have learned and affirmed, I have affirmed for myself that without strength training, I'm getting squishy. <laughs> um, not very good. I'm sure if I continued on this path, um, I would I would maintain somewhat of some health, yes. But I would definitely be losing muscle mass. I would be losing muscle strength, muscle definition, because I have definitely lost muscle definition. Um, and it's not all about aesthetics, although I do like the aesthetics about it. Um, so yeah, I learned I got curvier, not just because of the surgery. <laughs> um, I learned that the brain is a very powerful thing and I need my drug. I need my drug of choice that is healthy for my body, which is my strength training, cardio routine. I need that for my for my mental state, for my health, for my health, my fitness to feel my best. I hope I hope there's something in this episode that helped you. But I'm telling you, the mind is a powerful thing. So if you find yourself struggling in any area of your health and your fitness, I want you to start becoming aware of what your brain is doing. Okay, that's what being mindful is. It's not like, okay, meditation and mindful practice is not like, woo, woo. I mean, some people, for some people it is. And I think it can be to some extent. Yeah. But mindful practice is being, becoming aware of what your brain is doing, what it's thinking. So like right now going through this time without the alcohol, of course, I'm going through some cravings. I'm doing some journaling too. It's really cool. I'm learning some really cool things about me and my cravings because when those cravings come up it's like oh it's interesting it it's coming up at about the same time certain times of the day and it's like oh I'm aware of it and instead of like just automatically going to go have a drink I'm leaning into the feelings the emotions the why my beliefs and what's causing this trigger and it's just so interesting. So become aware of your mind and what it's doing because it's going to impact every single area of your health and your fitness. This is why in Rock That Fitness, we we don't just do food and fitness. Like we are all about the mindset and changing our habits and habit formation because I'm telling you, like I am, I'll be the first one to admit that when you're changing your health, when you're changing your habits, you're going to have struggles. There's, there's things like your conscious mind knows what you need to do but it's your conscious your subconscious mind that's trying to drive the bus and it's like oh my gosh I get all this cognitive dissonance happening but you can change it and that's what we do inside of rock that fitness that's what I've been doing for years now is changing my mindset this is this is the difference between being on a um, a diet program okay and changing your lifestyle and changing your thinking so that you can be living a fit, healthy lifestyle, not just trying to lose weight. And then what happens at the end of that? I don't know. I don't know what I did. Okay, go back to the old ways. <laughs> we got to change it. It's the difference between losing weight and then going back to your old ways, gaining it back. Losing weight, going back to your old ways, gaining it back. It's the difference between that and then this is the difference, taking, taking a health and fitness journey taking the steps to achieve your healthiest your healthiest best you um, and learning about your mind and your thinking and changing your 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 habits to match what you desire 
so that the things that you're doing, the habits that you're establishing are in alignment with your goals for who you are becoming. And that's the difference because that's the person that's going to maintain the results that they got during their journey. Okay. And, and this is one of the things that we all need to embrace when we're on the health and fitness journey is embrace today. Today is all you have. And this journey is the gift. It's not the destination. Cause I'll tell you right now, there really isn't one. I mean, you're never, we're never going to arrive. Um, we will continue to progress and improve in all kinds of ways. And so really the true gift is today. The journey, the journey is the gift. So we have to embrace it and enjoy the journey. All right. I really do hope that there was something in this episode that you got something out of this. Um, I'll tell you right now, it's sometimes it's not easy for me to just get all uh, vulnerable, um, put it all out there. I put this all out there how I'm feeling, what I'm doing, what's going on with me, with Anna Rackstar. Why do I do that? I do that because I know that it could be helpful to you knowing that you're not alone. And it also can be helpful to you to know that you can, you can make the progress that you want. You just got to keep going. So yeah, we're going to fall, we're going to mess up, but you just keep going. You got this girl, you can do it. All right. Anyone can do it. Just start and keep going. Like I said, you're going to fall. You're going to mess up. Just keep getting up and going. Um, But I put this out there because my goal is that it helps, that it's helpful. So for the risk of any kind of backlash, I get, (laughs) like, I'm willing to take the risk. I'm willing to take the risk to tell everybody to tell all. I'm going to take the risk. Because I'm, my goal is that by doing that and being vulnerable, sharing everything, sharing all, that it's going to be helping, even if it just helps one person. Man, that gets me real excited. It makes me just, mm, I get excited about that because I know, I know the struggle. I understand the pain and the struggle of being overweight, of not being healthy, of, whoo, girl. Don't even get me started, but I do. I, I deep down inside of me, I understand that. But I tell you what, it's worth it. This fight for your health and your fitness, girl, it's worth it. Let's rebel against most most people's ideas and thoughts about their health and their fit. Look around. Most people are not healthy and fit. Okay? You are not most people. Keep learning keep going, keep growing. All right. I love you. We got this. All right. It's time. Let's go. Self-care, self-love all day, every day. Please tell me, do I have your word? Good. Let's go. Hold up, girl. I want to take this opportunity to invite you to go get on the wait list, the interest list for the next round of Rockstar Body and Mind six-week challenge. We have an official date for registration coming up. It's going to be September 4th through September the 10th. Check out the show notes for the link that will take you straight to the Rockstar Body and Mind link, a website page to give you all the details of what Rockstar Body and Mind six-week challenge is all about. Or just head on over to rockthatfitness.com and check out everything. And at the top, there's a banner. You can get yourself on the wait list just by clicking 
on that link. If you have any questions, please don't ever hesitate to send me a message at rtfteam at rockthatfitness.com. Or of course, you can always drop me a message in Instagram or Facebook or wherever I am on social media. Just send me a message. All right, girl. I am super duper excited about the opportunity to get to work with you. And so is Coach Abby. You would have both of us inside a rock star body and mind. So I'm looking forward to seeing you on that wait list. All right, girl, rock on. Rock on.